get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. It's Tanner Hendrickson and Alex Ferrario. No BK this week. It is BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Blues and Stars back in action tomorrow night, as you heard Tanner mention. And as of right now, according to Craig Bruby, no new players coming into the lineup tomorrow. And they didn't play last night with Jordan Cairo and Braden Shen left in this one. So the injuries continue to pile up for this St. Louis Blues team. 11 guys now out, I guess 12 guys out of the lineup now for the Blues after Jordan Cairo yesterday. And yet this team still continues to find ways to pick up points. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line now and welcome in one of my favorite writers. He's over at ESPN, senior NHL writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Wyshynski. He is Greg Wyshynski. Greg, how are you today, buddy? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. Well, let's jump right into it with this Blues team. As I just mentioned coming out of the break, more injuries continue to pile up. I, I don't know how to evaluate this team, and I'm sure you're kind of sitting in the same spot because all of these guys out, it's hard to look at it and say, well, they're bad defensively or they're still scoring goals. But the one way to look at it is at least they're picking up points. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, hey, listen, no shame in losing on a penalty shot in overtime, right? These things happen, but... Uh, the point of picking up a point in that game against the Ducks team that's been quite good this season and obviously having a lot of success on the rest of the homestand, um, you have to be pretty happy with that considering the absences in the lineup. And look, when this team has been at full strength, I've been really surprised uh, how effective it's been this season. Um, I, I remember thinking uh, maybe last month when watching the Blues and, and kind of considering the construction of the team and the quality depth that they have throughout that lineup now that you've you've had players like like Cairo really emerge as being uh, offensive forces thinking to myself that maybe we slept on this team a little bit uh, as, as a as a hockey uh, media uh, prognostication uh, arm you know like maybe we didn't look at the blues long enough and say you know much like the Washington Capitals are doing over in the Eastern Conference that maybe these teams that have won cups in recent years could boomerang back and, and potentially challenge for one again. I mean, that's, that's how good the blues when they've been at full strength have looked the times this season. So let's hope they get there again. Yeah. I'm with you on this one. hundred percent, Greg. So uh, if I were to give you the two options in saying which one had more of an impact or which one have you been more impressed by this season, the way that Doug Armstrong and the front office have con- 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 uh, put together this roster with the depth in the minors and, of course, the NHL roster, or the way the coaching staff has been able to navigate through all of these injuries? Which one has impressed you more? I would say the roster construction, because I think they made some really strong upgrades in the offseason. I, I, I love the sod move. I think the, the Busnevich move remains one of the uh, the, the highway robberies of the offseason <laughs> with the way that guy can play. 
Um, I mean, and, and the versatility in his game too is really what what I think sets him apart is his ability to play different roles when when needed. That's always been one of the things I've been most impressed with him through the years and in, in watching him with the Rangers. Uh, so I would say that those those upgrades that he made, but you know, the thing about Doug that I've, I've you know I think we've all come to realize now that we've seen some of these younger players really step to the forefront and uh, and and bring it uh, in in ways like what Cairo has this year. Um, is just his ability to to hold on to those prospects. I mean, uh, we always go back to the the O'Reilly trade as being, you know, one of the perhaps the biggest reason why the Blues won the Cup, and and the fact that he didn't have to give up Thomas or Cairo in that trade uh, obviously benefited the Blues for years to come, and, and probably set the Sabers back for years to come as well. Greg. I- I feel like this team, you mentioned the depth for the Blues and talk with at the forward position there. I still feel, kind of a two-part question here for you, I still feel like this team is missing a top-four defenseman. So my first question is, who do you have? Is there someone on your mind that you think the Blues could maybe acquire to fill that role? And then the second part of that question is, it seems like it's going to be tough to pull that off because the Blues are so up against the cap. But if they're so deep at the forward position, do they necessarily need to add another top-four defenseman to help them out? Can they still win if they don't have them? Yeah, I think they can, but I mean, listen, it's when you get into the postseason, you obviously want to have as much quality defensive depth as you can muster. I think the, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, we always look at them and, and, and see their lineup and see those, see those big names making plays and obviously their goaltender making plays, but it's also their ability to roll out guys and have guys fill in if, if you do suffer injuries in the, in the postseason. So depth is always the key. As far as uh, names the target, that's really contingent on who feels they're out of the mix when it comes to around the, uh, the, the trade deadline. And, and in a league where parity is the name of the game, in a league where some of the teams that we thought might be sellers are all of a sudden you know, challenging and, and inside playoff spots right now. I mean, the Ducks being one of them, for example, that I think we all had penciled in for the bottom of their division and all of a sudden they're a playoff team potentially. It's really hard to kind of figure out what those marketplaces are going to turn out to be until we kind of see who who fades. I mean, for goodness sake, I think about two weeks ago, we all thought Vancouver could be a seller, and now Bruce Boudreaux's got them uh, winning every game. So who even knows with that? So I mean, it's really hard to figure out what the marketplace is going to look like going forward because it really is contingent on which teams believe they're they're on the outs. You know, on the defensive side, and we're talking with Greg Wyshynski, senior NHL writer at ESPN. Uh, on the on the Pareko or on the defensive side, Greg, for this Blues team, we talked with Brian Lawton last week of NHL Network, and he said that he's not sold on Colton Pareko being that number one defenseman. Uh, where are you at with Pareko being that that top dog for the Blues? And do you feel like he and Nico Mikola can at least become a shutdown pair for him? I think they could. I mean, I, I thought, you know, and, and it's, it's been inconsistent, but I thought he had a decent bounce back from last season. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's pretty easy to bounce back from the season he had last year. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it, anywhere, uh, it's all anywhere but up, right? You're right. After that. Um, but, no, I, I, I've always liked him as a player. I think that the number one defenseman thing can be kind of – of a burden as far as labels go. I mean, Alex Petrangelo obviously wore that title well, continues to do so with the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's no shame that maybe Colton Pareko can't be that same type of player, even though I think he's had moments in his career where we've looked at him and said maybe he could be, or or maybe there are certain certain situations in which he could be projected to be that guy. 
I just think he's, I just think he's a real good defenseman, you know, and I don't think there's any shame in, in not being that next level tier guy of a Petrangelo or, or a headman or someone like that. Just play good hockey, be a good pairing. Give me 22 minutes a night and I'll be happy. Is that the biggest weakness on this team though, in your opinion, Greg, the defensive side of, of things? Well, yeah, I, I mean, undoubtedly <laughs> when you compare it to the other things that have, that have gone right for the team. I mean, in like in Bennington's case, for example, um, I think someone, I think it might've been uh, Stephen Valiquette, uh in a recent uh, goalie tears article that we had, um, or maybe it was Kevin Weeks. I forget who it was uh, kind of, uh, you know, it indicated that, that uh, Biddington reminds them a little bit of Grant Fuhrer in the 1980s of guys that just, uh, um, can kind of win, not necessarily have the greatest numbers, but they find ways to win. And at the end of the day, um, you ask a goaltender, and goaltenders is all they really care about is is the W. So I think, from his perspective, I think that he's he's been good. So I mean, by process of elimination, you'd have to say the defense overall for the team has been kind of a troubling spot. And um, we'll see we'll see where that trends in in the second half of the season. Again, it's hard. Like you said at the top, it's hard to really evaluate. Um, when you're dealing with so many people that are in and out of the lineup, uh, seemingly for like the last month, that it's really hard to get a handle on what this team's going to ultimately look like. Greg, one of the big storylines for us here heading into the year was Vladimir Tarasenko, and he had put in the trade request. I'm curious, where do you think, do you think he's going to remain at blue throughout the season, or do you think he's someone that we could see see being dealt at the trade deadline? (laughs) That's a good question, man, because, I mean, I don't know where his head's at. I I know that he definitely was, not happy with the way that the team handles his injury situation, um, but they didn't move him. So that tells you where the Blues head was at insofar as moving him out. Uh, they felt that he was, uh, you know, more valuable of an asset than what they were getting back potentially in, in trade returns. So, I mean, that's really a question for, for him and Doug Armstrong insofar as what that relationship looks like these days. Winning solves everything. Him playing well probably solves some things too. Um, but, as far as his future or potential moving at the trade deadline, I, I couldn't speculate on that. I mean, I only, I only know what I knew in the offseason. Final one for Greg Wyshynski, who is kindly with us here on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Greg, you had a piece a couple of days ago talking about how the NHLPA is a little skeptical of, of the Olympics and the NHL players going over uh, in February. And we've already seen another team go have to postpone games, the Calgary Flames. We've seen one player opt out of the Olympics. And, and with this COVID protocol to where if they come down with, with, with a positive test in China, they got to stay there for three to five weeks. Do you think that this possibility of seeing the NHL players over in Beijing for uh, February is starting to uh, get uh, bleaker and bleaker? It is. I mean, there's a lot of pessimism right now. I think for the players, what they're looking for is clarity. That's uh, what uh, Executive Director Don Fear told me in that article that you can find at ESPN right now. Uh, they just don't know yet, <clears throat> formally from the Beijing Olympic Organizing Committee, what the quarantine situation looks like. And I mean, that's not only the duration of, of how long they'd have to be there. It's also where they'd have to spend it. If they're symptomatic, they have to be in a hospital. Where's the hospital? They don't know. Uh, it could be a hundred miles away from Beijing for all they know. Uh, if there's the possibility of getting those players out of China so they can quarantine someplace else, they don't know if that's possible. So there's a lot of sort of mysteries around this whole process that the players are waiting for clarity on. There's going to be a call between the NHL, the PA, the IIHF, the IOC to talk about medical things. And then there's supposed to be another handbook sent to the athletes in the near future that's going to detail some of these protocols a little bit more. But one thing that I'm hearing more and more of from these players 
it's not simply just being away from their families potentially for another three weeks if they test positive and they're symptomatic over in Beijing. It's also a financial situation in the sense that there's a $5 million slush fund that the IIHF created to cover the salary losses potentially for players if they miss time because they contracted COVID in Beijing. When the, the NHL and the NHLPA struck this deal to have the players go and play in China, part of the deal was if these players get sick over there um, and miss practice or miss games in the NHL, they don't get paid. So now all of a sudden you're thinking three weeks in quarantine in China, three weeks away from my gig in the NHL, three weeks of missed salary on top of not being around your family and being stuck in China. It's, it, it kind of starts adding up, and I, and I think there are a lot of concerns right now for the players um, that, that lead towards this sense of pessimism that we're seeing. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting next few weeks to find out if more players kind of decide to opt out like we saw Robin Leonard do uh, for the upcoming Olympics. Greg Wyshynski, always appreciate the time, buddy. Great stuff as always, and I look forward to chatting with you again real soon. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.